Welcome to the Rooted and Reaching podcast, a ministry of First Baptist Church in Charlottetown, PEI, Canada. At First Baptist Church, our vision is to be people deeply rooted in the amazing gospel of Jesus Christ, who then reach out into our neighborhood, city, and the world as we live and share the good news. Here is this week's Rooted and Reaching message from FBC Charlottetown. The gospel writer in the, uh, the gospel writer John, that is, in the fourth chapter of his gospel, he includes this scene, this story of people in a small village who first heard about Jesus. Well, they first heard through an excited story of a woman who rushes up to them. She had just experienced a life-changing encounter with him herself. That's part of the story that speaks to why we're uh, telling our faith stories in this series here at First Baptist. Stories are powerful. Personal encounters with Jesus are powerful stories. Gospel stories that we don't just tell with our words, but that live louder and speak louder through changed lives, inspire in great ways. So I want to look at this scene in John chapter 4 this morning together. It's uh, picking up at verse 25 of John chapter 4. I'm going to read five verses and then uh, we'll read, uh, pick up at verse 39. So John 4, 25. This is the woman that Jesus has been speaking with at the well. The woman says at the end of their conversation, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming and when he comes, he'll explain everything to us. And then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I'm he. Then picking up at, oh no, actually, then just his disciples returned and they were surprised to find him talking with a woman, but no one asked her, what do you want or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town And made their way toward him. Now picking up at verse 39. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. And they said to the woman, We no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we've heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. So, the the end of the story where these people from uh, this woman's own hometown believe fully in Jesus after they personally hear his teaching, well, that's important. Because look at the way John records why that's happening. The people say, it's no longer because of what you've said that we believe, We've heard ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. So what's just happened there? These people have heard about Jesus from the woman. She shared her experience with Jesus. They heard about it. They're intrigued, and they begin to explore the truth of Jesus themselves. And in time, they too come to a place where they no longer believe in the name of Jesus because of what they heard about him, what they heard from somebody else, like us hearing stories of faith in this series, now these townspeople accept the truth of Jesus for themselves because they've encountered him themselves. All right, so first they knew about Jesus. 
now they know Jesus. I've heard it described as moving from a faith that has been loaned to a faith that is owned. It's not an uncommon progression. I mean, think about our own kids. Our own kids come to uh, kids' church or they come to Solid Rock Youth. Most times, it's not really their initial decision. It's not really their, they haven't decided themselves. We've sort of looked and said, we think this is good for our kids. We think they should be exposed to the, the good news of Jesus. So we make sure that they get to these events. They hear about his love. They hear about his truth. So whether that's kids' church on Sunday or kick on Thursdays or Camp Seggy July and August, all of these are places where our kids uh, get these kernels of faith planted and they begin to develop, but they originated because of a conviction of a parent or grandparent that put them in that place so that the planting could happen. A faith that's loaned. Owning one's faith, well, now that's different, isn't it? That happens when we make an intentional, personal choice to consciously and purposely hear Jesus and hear by faith what he says. It's a personal, it's a voluntary uh, act, an intentional act to encounter Jesus, to believe that he is the Christ, to commit our lives to him, and to accept new life through him. See, you can't loan salvation to another person. You can't save anyone else. You, uh, you can't even save yourself. Salvation in Christ is a personal decision, and everyone is invited by God's Holy Spirit to make that, or because of our ability to choose, to reject that. When it comes to owning one's faith, it doesn't happen at a special age. At whatever age it is that a person realizes their own sin and the great love of Jesus that overcomes that sin, that's when that loaned faith no longer becomes an owned faith. It's no longer they, they believe because someone told them. It's now that they believe because they have heard and seen for themselves. See, this woman's excitement about Jesus became the curiosity for the townspeople to come and hear more, which became a saving conviction for them. Knowing about Jesus and knowing Jesus, two radically different things. But this morning's Roots Storyteller is a great living example of what it looks like in life to move successfully from a faith that is loaned to a faith that is personally and faithfully owned. It's a story of a, the commitment of parents, of uh, the community offered through several different congregations. It includes loving support and encouragement of friends. And it all leads to an unapologetic place of importance in this person's life. It's Frankly, not difficult to see the example of faith in this person as you recognize the fruit of the Spirit evident in all aspects of his life. So we're delighted to be hearing from Ben Morrison this morning. Ben, uh, if you've not had a chance to meet Ben before, Ben has been active in the uh, First Baptist Church community for like about a year now, more? Sure. Yep. <laughs> I have no idea. Time yeah. flies. Some, some, something like that? Yeah. yeah. Um, Ben uh, was attracted through the evangelism of marriage uh, to First Baptist Church, uh, having married this morning's worship leader, Kristen, uh, last September. 
The same Kristen who had no idea he was going to be sitting up here this morning, so this is so much fun. There's something I forgot to tell you. (laughs) Uh, Ben regularly takes part in a weekly connect group. Um, He's on our next-gen vision team, which is doing some great work, and he has been getting orientated and bringing leadership uh, to our tech team on the video side as well. So as we're about to hear, Ben's story of faith is one that progressed over the years and moved from one that, as I've termed it, was loaned to one that is owned. So, same three questions that we've been asking everybody in this series, Ben, and the first one was, where were you before your personal knowledge of Jesus? What was life like? Uh, Yeah, that's... um... I thought that was going to be a pretty tough question. I thought over it more, and um, you touched on it already, just growing up in a, uh, a household with parents who loved you and showed you living through Christ. Um, we went to church every Sunday, Sunday school, Awana, um, vacation Bible school, Camp Gear, or uh, Segi for some of us. Um, and so it was a life where we just always knew who Jesus was, Hmm. knew the name Jesus. Um, But I think growing up in that, um, so close to it, didn't fully understand who Jesus really was and what he does for each and every one of us. Um, uh, So it was just another, you know, part of your week, just uh, another tidbit about you. You go to school, go to church, play sports, play games, um, in terms of priority, it's just something else you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and the older you get, you get into high school, you get into uh, university, and the focus is on um, what are you going to do with your life, what's your career going to be, what kind of job you're going to have, all about success and people liking you. And, um, you know, the world's really wondering who are you, what's your identity, mm-hmm. what's your story, mm-hmm. right? So uh, it becomes, I don't want to say routine because that sounds humdrum, but it just becomes part of the rhythm, right? Yeah. Yep. It's just the weekly rhythm or the, the monthly or yearly rhythm. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, tell me about life in Christ now, though. Where are you? Um, well, I understand a lot better just what he's done for us, uh, what he's done for me and what he continues to do for me every single day. Um, and when you're younger, it's, yeah, Jesus, he died for us and saved, saved us. Um, but really understanding that that is the best thing ever, is being a child of God, and that's who I am. Um, everything else, my job, my friends, uh, being a brother, a son, um, a clearly wonderful husband. Right, um, right. You know, that's all, that's all humble, secondary. Very humble. Very yeah. humble. Yeah. Very humble. Um, all that's secondary. Not even, doesn't even compare to being a child of God. Um, and just how much he loves us is, it's, um, uh, like it's, it always struggles for me to get words out yeah. to describe that. Um, so there's uh, that, that knowing of him and knowing him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more of a priority in my life, um, which can be difficult sometimes, but even you know, going a couple days or um, 
yeah, a couple of days without reading the Bible or prayer. Like there's, you feel it. There's something missing that you're just craving, mm-hmm. kind of going through withdrawal without turning to the Lord for everything. Mm-hmm. Is it, um, and I don't want to paint a, 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 a dim light on the industry that you work in. Uh, ben works for a trucking company. Um, but in any industry, I think it can be difficult to live out our faith, especially in, in a corporate setting. Do you find daily challenges that way? Or, or how does that perhaps make it uh, um, an, easy way to, an easier way to do your job in a, dif- in a difficult setting? Um, yeah, there's, there's challenges. Um, you're dealing with um, where I work, there's, I think, 25 different countries represented by the, the workforce. Um, so you have people from all sorts of different backgrounds and um, religions. Um, and uh, the workplace has always kind of been a, um, a spot where talking about religion and Christianity is kind of a taboo subject. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but in your daily life, like, I, I mean, I see it with myself sometimes, depending on how you react or what you say, there's almost immediate, like, should have done that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but you also have a number of coworkers um, in this building. You know, the, half the shoot family works where I work. So, <laughs> you know, those are daily conversations where it's into the office. Hey, how was church the other day? And really got out of the service. So we're talking about it in the lunchroom and, um, so having, like, John and Devin and Mike work where I work has been fantastic. Right. Um, went on a mission trip a couple of years ago to Puerto Rico and um, went to get the time off, signed off by Mike, and I said, mission trip, and he didn't even look at the dates. He said, you're going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we're not a bad place. Um, good rhythm, healthy planting by, by your folks and your family, and uh, where you are are intentional personal decisions to frame have your full identity framed around the person of Jesus was there a particular season or time or or event that sort of helped you move from the loaned to the owned uh yeah um so i mentioned earlier just going through uh like you get to the university age and all the focus is on um, careers and identity and who you're going to be. Um, so when I had moved to Newfoundland to finish my degree, um, it was focused on that, focused on some people and applying for jobs and, um, you know, get good grades, get a good job. And, you know, didn't even go to church during that year because it's like, well, I'm going to start going to a new church if I'm just going to leave in a year. Right. Um, um, but by the time it came to that year, came to an end and graduate, um, again, wasn't sure where I was going to live or work, um, just some uncertainty. And um, one day, for whatever reason, I said, I'm moving home. Don't know why. It didn't make sense to move back to PEI, fewer job opportunities, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I came home. Um, and then one of my friends from kindergarten Sunday school age um, reached out and said hey I heard you're back in the island want you to come to this new church Um, and for whatever reason the introverted 
don't like meeting new people person, <laughs> goes to a new church. Um, and uh, the message that Sunday was, what's your claim to fame? Who's your identity? Or what wow. is your identity? Um, so you're just kind of sitting there thinking, okay, well played, God. <laughs> Good job. Um, and, and they invite you to, to community group and small group and say, yeah, sure. Um, a few weeks later, we had a... Uh, um, our cousin died. She was only 13 or 14 years old. Um, and, uh, and that was really hard because she lived in another province, so you didn't really know, did she know that she had family that loved her? Did she know that God loves her? Um, and, uh, yeah, so that was tough. And then the very next night, again, for whatever reason, I know the reason now, but <laughs> for whatever reason at the time, um, you know, went to community group with these people I've only known for a couple weeks, um, and they prayed for me, prayed for my family, and um, obviously the hurt wasn't gone, but there was this comfort of just turning it over to Jesus and letting him take care of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and ever since then, it's just been a, a growing in... Uh, growing in faith and going deeper with him, reading more and, and just turning everything over to him. Um, everywhere we go, every issue or something that you're going through in life, um, it just builds deeper. And um, when it's a priority, spend more time with him, spend more time with him, you grow in him. Um, it's just snowballing. It's been snowballing for, you know, the last 10 plus years. Mm-hmm. It keeps on going and, mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to sit up here and pretend I'm perfect because, um, no, absolutely. you know, Patrick, Patrick yes. is perfect. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, I, like even Bible reading or prayer life, you know, there's, there's seasons where, oh boy, I haven't done that a little bit, but, um, community group and, um, daily through my wife, <laughs> you know, I'll get home and get ready to eat supper and it's like <clears throat> time to pray <laughs> um, yeah yeah if you uh because these stories that we've been telling sometimes we're we're we we think that or for some reason we think that there has to be this great dramatic event this big turning point where after 12 years in prison ben got out and turned his life over so what would you say to somebody that thinks that that has to happen in order for them to really understand the love of God. What you just said is exactly how I felt for so long. Um, I'd gone to an alpha course just out of kind of curiosity, more so see what was being taught. And um, those are the stories they share in alpha people. And I'm in, you know, been in prison and there's great big light switch moment and their life's changed forever. Right. Um, so I've always felt you know, my story's boring compared to that you know I grew up in the church and you get to know him more um, that's not the case anybody who knows Jesus and anybody in this room who has a relationship with him your story is amazing um, it's the greatest story ever having Jesus as your savior yeah yeah and those stories need to be shared amen amen thanks for doing this thanks for letting us uh, learn a little bit more about you uh, and what is important to you. Um, we've, over the last bunch of months, 
uh, as a congregation, we know, we can see uh, a person who's important to you, but it isn't so important for us to hear uh, about the God that's even more, if you can believe it, important to you. So really appreciate that. Um, I'm going to try and get the worship team to assemble as best they can after that. Uh, and want to pray over you and just give God thanks for the work that he has done, is doing, and will do uh, in your life. So would you, will you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for faithful parents. Lord, we thank you for um, the congregations that have been places of discipleship and development, of acceptance and welcome in Ben's life. Thank you for the friends that you have surrounded him with who spoke into his life at just the right time because that's when you wanted it to happen. Now, Lord, we ask you to continue to use Ben in speaking into our lives. Continue to shape him and form him into the image of your son all the more. Bless him and keep him. In the name of Christ Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to the Rooted and Reaching podcast, a weekly ministry of First Baptist Church in Charlottetown, PEI, Canada. Our theme music is inspired by Ben Sound. For more information or to support the ministries of FBC Charlottetown, please visit our website, myfbc.ca, today. If you found the content of today's podcast encouraging, please be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast and drop us a comment. In addition, consider sharing today's Rooted and Reaching podcast with at least one other person this week who might be blessed through it or become better biblically rooted through it. Until next time, thank you for listening.